Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone. Just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast. So if you want to break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. And welcome back to Culture Vulture. As usual, joined here with Liv. Shmivy, how are ya? <laughs> I don't know if Shmivy has ever made it to the pod. Um, for those of you who don't know, I am Shmivy. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, um, Smivy off of Gavin and Stacey. Anyone listening, I don't know if you'll know Smivy, played by James Corden. <laughs> back in James Corden's what? Heyday. Heyday, yeah, exactly. Back in his heyday before he went on cats and started. Over singing over top of Adele and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, Back when he knew his place. No, no, no. Anyway, Shmovie, how are you? Uh, yeah, no, I'm good. You good, good Luce? Uh, um, yeah, no, feeling good. Feeling, I don't know, a little tired, yeah. a little sort of like um, we've got the afternoon slump. We've recorded a really special podcast this morning, which will be out next week, and you can hear it. And me and Love are just talking all about periods over on the shit show, and like all everything comes. Everything up. you ever would need to know about periods and period about cups, and, and what do you yeah, mean? you get a very, a very intimate insight into the lives of Lucy and I. But do you know whose life we're going to get even more intimately inside today? Nice segue. Our man, yay! And I'll tell you what, I am sick and tired of hearing about this man. We're talking about yay and Kim. And the controversies and the relationships that have basically formed the second half of his life. And we're looking at the underpinning of it all, really, uh, which is, as we mention every time we talk about Ye, his struggles with mental health and bipolar disorder. And so today, as we go through the two big relationships in his life, him with Kim and him with Trump, mm-hmm. we talked about Donda, possibly the third big relationship last week, um, it we are going to be looking at it, as always, from a place of empathy and a place of trying to understand something that luckily a lot of us won't have to go through, but a lot of people do. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, a lot of people, although we know that he struggles with bipolar disorder, we don't really know what that is. Mm. And also a lot of people have kind of been skirting around the subject. So I think we're going to kind of get into the hairy details of mm. it. Definitely. Now, we're forgoing naughty or nice this week because... This whole episode, to be honest, is like a naughty or nice. Like, most of it's pretty naughty. And also, full disclosure, Liv usually usually runs the big, chunky topics of these episodes, and I usually run naughty or nice. And this week, it just felt like too much for me to be running the chunky bit and the naughty or nice. And I just, honestly... Look after yourself. Put yeah. up boundaries. <laughs> exactly. If you don't want to do it. Boundaries with you and your podcast. You've got to look boundaries after Boundaries between Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, he probably could have put up some boundaries between him and Trump or like probably needs some. I think he needs some boundaries put in place, but we'll get but into that. First of all, Liv, what describes your week? Do not think we're forgoing this. Okay, well, we've got a joint we've one got this a joint week. One, yeah. um, <laughs> this is so stupid. Anyway, it's The Price is Right. Does anyone remember that TV show? 
I'm not gonna lie. I know the premise of the TV show. Don't think I've ever watched it in my life. Oh, look, I think it was one of those things that maybe mum and dad might have put on the TV. It feels like a fever dream, you know, when you're like, did that actually exist? So is that where you just like get given something, you gotta guess the price? Yeah, I think so. All types of merchandise. We could be so wrong as well. Yeah, well, no, I sort of looked it up. Okay, Um, great, great. Fact checking. This show is like the longest running quiz show ever or something. It started in the 50s. And Liv, kind of true because we're real big on starting a quiz team at the moment. Oh, true. So So that just, it all just goes together, doesn't it? But yeah, it started in the 50s, got rebranded like in the 70s. People go on, I think they guess the price of shit. And the reason why it describes both Lucy and I's week, probably more mine. Probably more yours. Because Liv, we always go around, Liv's moved into a new flat. We go around there and I've been on many a house tour. I jump on every every tour. There's yeah. always someone new there to show. So basically we had drinks. People, literally every guest that came in, no one had been to our house before. And they all came separately. <laughs> They all came separately. We've all been obsessed. My entire flat has been obsessed with like interior design. I think I've mentioned it. It's kind of been the topic of discussion for my last two weeks. But um, but in the weekend, I literally was giving everyone house tours and being like, guess how much this was? $70. Guess how much this was? $30. Marketplace, marketplace, marketplace. And then we and then we, someone said, maybe it was me or Liv, we were sitting down having a few drinks at this point. We had a few drinks and someone was like, it's like the price is right. And then me and Liv were like, should we play the price is right? Like, so we were sitting there like a little bit drunk. And then I was like, right, Liv, how much is a block of butter? And we were both sort of like from six fifty to eight dollars is where we were guessing. <laughs> so then, and then it was hilarious. So then Liv opens up her laptop to Google it. And first of all, there's something hilarious. You know when you've been looking at something and then you just close your laptop and then you open it in front of someone and you're really embarrassed. And you're quite embarrassed. And, and it's it happened to the best of us. It has. Um, so first of all, that happened. And People then, were going to think I was watching porn or something. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. Although it's it sort of happened to me before with the porn. <laughs> anyway, that's that's probably a story maybe for the for another day. Podcast. I think so. <laughs> for another podcast or for another day. You guys can uh, keep listening just on the off chance that I maybe share that story. Um, but then we ended up sitting at this party, a few drinks in, Googling the price of a block of butter. Yeah. And you'll be happy to know that it is something around $6.50. <laughs> Good work, Anchor. Oh, good work, Lewis Road Creamery. <laughs> Keep their prices low. <laughs> this is what we do on our wild Saturday nights. There's a game in the market for a cheap butter. That's what 24 year olds are doing these days. <laughs> gas oh. prices and the price of butter. God, let's not even get started about gas prices. Jesus. Come to the shit show for that, actually. Price. Yes, yes, God. yes, yes. Don't okay. just plug the shit out of all our other podcasts. But anyway, let's talk about yay. Please. I mean, Please. I haven't heard enough about him. Oh, well, yeah. No, mostly because I feel like the more we talk about him, the less there is to talk about. And soon we'll be done. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Love my job. Um, so I've mentioned it earlier. There are two big relationships that I want to talk about today. We've got Yay and Kim. We've got Yay and Trump. And they are surprisingly intertwined. So, like, when I was researching this, I didn't know that this was the way that it was going to go. But then as I zoomed out and I was like... Really, where have all the controversies come from? They've come from his marriage mm-hmm. and his divorce, and they've come from his like political sort of standpoint. And so it is really interesting to see how much Trump interrupts. It's almost like Yay cheats on Kim with Trump and it like ruins their marriage. Like, I don't know. In my head, a really interesting story like formed where 
Trump got in the middle. So true, though. But when you kind of highlighted those two relationships, that really is the crux of I know. everything in Ye's life. I know. And then so un- and then underneath it all is his mental health and his relationship with that, probably. But we're going to get into that. We're going to have a break in the timeline for us to get into that. But first, I think, let's let's go back a few years to look at Kim and Ye. So they first met in either 2002 or 2003, and um, she was she was yet to be a household name. She was really good friends with Brandy, who Ye was recording a song with, and Kim went along. And do you remember there were some clips going um, viral of either him saying it or Kim saying it that, like, Kanye was saying, who is this Kim Kardashian? Yes. Like, he didn't even know her name. So, two thousand early 2000s they meet. 2008, um, the two appear together in a Star Wars-themed video in which Kim is dressed as Princess Leia and Ye is. is a stormtrooper. I actually just watched the episode of Friends the other night where... I feel like I've already talked about this on the podcast. What episode of Friends? <laughs> the episode of Friends where Rachel dresses up as Princess Leia because no, it's Ross's sex fantasy. Okay, you have not talked about oh. that on the podcast. Well, relatable, anyway, kind of. Weirdly relatable. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Um, in 2011, they began sort of talking again, but then Kim married Chris Humphreys. So Kim later said, right before I got married to Chris, Kanye and I were talking and I just went in a different direction. I think I had to go through that to figure out what I wanted. After my breakup, I was feeling really low and down and he said, just come to Paris and see my show. He jokes that he put on this whole fashion show just to get a date with me. So I went there and I stayed with him and that's where we started dating. I swear from the moment I landed, I fell madly in love with him and I thought, oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, this is what real life is like. Love and fun and real support. So That's that's a really sweet quote. I know, and I think it's important to show that, you know, they were married for six years. Like yeah. they were, or, it's a long time in celebrity they were land. For ages, mm-hmm. like in, in my head, it was a fleeting three-year romance or something. But they were, they did, they were in love. And interesting, coming off the back of Chris Humphreys, I mean that I was quite the Keeping Up with the Kardashians Same. kind of follower at that point in time, and he, that marriage was not good for Kim. No, I know. I actually feel for Kim because you'll hear later that when her marriage with Ye breaks up. She's obviously like, why can't I get this right? Or why can't I have, like, a good marriage? But you've got to put yourself first, bestie. Anyway, so in 2012... Just a bit uh, of relationship <laughs> advice. <laughs> a bit of really unsolicited <laughs> relationship advice. <laughs> so in 2012, Kanye released um, the song Theraflu, which he later renamed Cold. Okay. And he rapped, do you remember, he said, I'll admit I'd fell in love with Kim... Around the same time she fell in love with him. She was yeah, about I do remember Chris that. Humphreys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're dating. 2013 comes along. First child, Northwest, born mm. on June 15. Do you remember, like, the whole fuss around the name Northwest? Well, it, it's still a buzzy name. It's, it's a buzzy name. It's normalised now. But now head. I'm like, that's a sick name. It's a sick name, but, but at it's the time because it's a direction. I know. <laughs> In case you didn't realise. In case you didn't realise, because it's that normalised, I forget it's a direction. No, I know, direction. but it's like, actually, imagine being called Northwest. North. And they call her Nori, do they? Yeah, that's quite cute. That's cute. Um, do they? Sushi. Is it weird? I don't know. Um, and then after North is born, Kanye proposes to Kim in October in, you know, the huge, like, f- uh, baseball stadium. 
And it's a big, it's a big moment. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah, remember huge that? Huge moment. Jumbotron had the huge, please marry me. Yes. <laughs> With heaps of exclamation. Lots of roses? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Well, no, he got, well, he gets her roses delivered often, doesn't he? Yeah, it's kind of his thing. Kind of his thing. 2014, they got married in Italy. Um, and who sent them well wishes? One Donald Trump. Mm. They all knew of each other, obviously. That all of them. <laughs> you I mean, they'd they heard of each other. Of each other. Um, Trump actually sort of ridiculed uh, Ye after he did the Taylor Swift speech interruption moment. Oh. So, I mean, they knew of each other. They'd sort of name-checked each other in the media a little bit. Anyway, Trump wasn't invited to the wedding, but he did wish them the best of luck, saying, I know them well and they're both both very nice people. So this is Beautiful. where this is where we first get like the inkling that maybe maybe they're friends, maybe there's a relay show going on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then 2015 rolls around and we have Kanye's first bid for president. So he made a bid for the 2020 presidential election. Bearing in mind for a bit of context, everyone, Trump became president in... Like, technically January of 2017, but he won the election in 2016. And so, in 2015, Kanye's like, I'm going to run in 2020. So, that's just where everyone's at. So, he's at the, Kanye's at the MTV Media Awards, right? Taylor Swift has just presented Kanye with the Video Vanguard Award, which is a big deal. Funny that they got Taylor to do it. I mean, it's always intertwined. Oh, my God, Yeah. Everything for the drama. Everything for the drama. Ye said, if my grandfather was here right now, he would not let me back down. I don't know what I'm finna lose after this. It don't matter though. It's not about me. It's about ideas. New ideas. People with ideas. People who believe in truth. And yes, as you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president. As you probably could have guessed. I didn't guess. I did not guess that. That was not on my radar. No. I knew it was coming. Couldn't have guessed it. No. So he announces that he's going to run. Go, go you. Um, to this announce. I mean, actually, not go you. Lucy. This <laughs> Lucy, check Lucy, yourself. Lucy, check yourself. This is in that moment where it's like, it almost seems like chic or cool to be a reality star or be a celebrity and be running for president. Trump made that populism. Like, and and made it viable. Yes. Made it doable or seemed doable. Yeah. And it's like, like, no, not everyone should. No, no. No, you no, no. Just because you're famous. Does not mean you need to be in politics forming the world around us. Anyway, to this announcement, uh, Trump told Rolling Stone that uh, he's happy to have uh, Kanye as a running mate in a presidential election. He's he said very nice things about me in the past. Extremely positive things, Trump told the magazine. <laughs> he's actually a different kind of person than people think. He's a nice guy. I hope to run against him someday. Oh, it's just so weird and strange and altogether uncomfortable. Oh, my God, yeah. And just, like, Trump never makes sense when he says anything. So it's like, uh, oh, yeah. To hear him talking about Ye is just, like, two grosses don't make He probably fucking loves the publicity of Ye running against him. Yeah. Well, the thing is, as we'll go to 
find out. Yay running against Trump actually benefits Trump because Yay takes votes off of like the Democrats. Totally. Because he's like, yeah, we want like more rights for marginalized people, blah, blah, blah. And so really he's just trying to take votes off the Democrats and then um Do you think they the had vote. this as like an agenda? Well that's what like commonly people did say. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think even Trump would want uh yay like I, I don't well I don't know. They seem to be friends. We'll see how the relationship goes. It could have been an agenda. But it's kind of either way sort of in conspiracy land. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have 2016 rolling around and this is where yay really does start to come undone like in the public eye it's also the year that he's on his saint pablo tour and a few big things do happen this year which like you can see lead to his sort of undoing one of which is when kim kardashian is robbed in paris and he left one of his shows mid-tour obviously Mm. for family emergency um, and he also starts, like, he does mention that he's, like, offers meds to make his brain sort of clearer for his art. At another one of his uh, concerts this year, he does a 25-minute speech slash rant about his political views. And this is where he first, like, really publicly endorses Donald Trump. So he goes from, like, 2015, he's going to run for the 2020 election, to being just like a big Trump supporter, which yeah. we'll find that Kim like it is doesn't not in favor of. Well, with Kim, so he says, "Voting for Trump don't mean that I don't think Black Lives Matter. That don't mean I don't believe in women's rights. That don't mean I don't believe in gay marriage. That don't mean I don't believe in these things because that was the guy I would have voted for." But then he went on in his speech to say, "If I would have voted, I would have voted for Trump." What basically insinuating that he didn't vote? Yes. So he has said multiple times. That he didn't vote. So people are like... Well, how political can you be if you're not voting and then you're coming up to run? Exactly. Well, he, we know he's not that political. He just has these wide ideas. But yeah, it's, I think it's just the fact that he's never voted is like... Doesn't no. bode well, well no for his gonna, case. Well, no. no. And after a few more of these concerts where they did start turning from concerts into rants, like every concert, it would be longer and longer. He would mm-hmm. talk about Jay-Z and like he really would start to just speak more than he would sort of perform. Um, This was sort of when people were beginning to become a bit concerned, right? Yes. Yeah. People would like leave the concerts and, you know, they were really start videoing him and kind of being like, what's going on? Yeah. So after one of these concerts, he was admitted to hospital um, as a preventative measure for his own safety, but by his doctor. So his doctor actually called 911 to admit him to hospital and like involuntary put him in the hospital for nine days the doctor said a mixture of stress, addiction to opioid medi- medication, and like Kim's robbery uh-huh. had led him here. And then after he was admitted to hospital, he actually cancelled the rest of this tour. So we're in 2016. He's just started to really publicly come undone. He's always been a bit outspoken. He's been very Kanye West. But now it feels like it's a bit more. And mm. I think, Liv, now is a good time for us to take a wee break in the timeline to chat about his mental health because the rest of the story is like fully underpinned by whether he's having maybe a manic episode or an up or a down and it's probably good for us to understand that before yeah, we talk more I about it. Yeah, I think so, definitely. So what I feel like we, like as I said before, 
we and the media is constantly acknowledging the fact that Ye has bipolar disorder, but without actually understanding what it is, how it affects his thoughts, feelings and actions. So throughout the spiel, I'm going to be heavily referring to a Vox article written by Kiana Fitzgerald, who has also been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. So she's talking about this from someone that has shared lived experience. Mm-hmm which I think is so, so imperative and so important to talking about these things. Yeah. Um, So this is an excerpt from there describing what bipolar disorder actually is. So it consists of two contrasting ends of the mood spectrum, mania and depression. So mania is an unstable mental state described by the... National Alliance on Mental Illness as having telltale telltale symptoms including grandiosity, over-optimism or impaired judgment. It can also include hallucinations and delusions. So depression, on the other hand, is described as a state of persistent low mood and a decrease in energy and activity. So while it's possible to flip between mania and depression during short periods of time, which I think is what most people think it is, But the more common occurrence, um, which and that's called rapid cycling, but the more common occurrence for those diagnosed with bipolar is that they can stay in states of mania mm. or depression for up to months or even years at a time. And I think that this is really important when looking at Yay because it's not like one day he's up and one day he's down. Yes. He can be consistently manic for a long period of time. And it's really important for our understanding of bipolar disorder, the fact that you can... It's not just like a yo-yo. It is like you're in these states for a long period of time. Also, like back to sort of the media, and and we'll get to this a bit later on because Kim actually does address them. And I think it's really good that in the conversations that we have about Ye, it's addressed like that he has mental health issues. That's a step forward. The only thing is like me and you, when we're discussing it, we have when they say that we have an understanding of what bipolar is because we've looked into it before we've been interested in it whereas the usual public like doesn't have just that one sentence that you read out there that could be really good like in terms of if you're like in the media and you're trying to talk about yay and hedge it first saying that like he's had mental health issues like adding that one sentence so that they know exactly the pretext 100% would be really like we've gotten to a point which is good which is good acknowledging mental health issues do cause you to do things out of character but there's like another step that could be taken a whole like so much so many more layers to it Mm. right than what people are just being like yeah he's got bipolar disorder but this still isn't excusable and it's like even you saying that means that you don't actually understand mm. what he's going through at all, which you, why would you unless you've had first-hand or second-hand experience yeah. with it? And think back to, like, tabloids and stuff, like, in the early 2000s. They wouldn't have even, you know, if, if well, like, Britney or anything, mm-hmm. they didn't even hedge that a mental health thing, unless you were saying this person's crazy or this person's psychotic, they wouldn't even, look have any empathy like, at all. like, so it has come away, which is really interesting to look at. And then I feel like we're with this like Vox article and this conversation, maybe we're moving to the next point where it's like, we used to not acknowledge mental health. Now we acknowledge mental health. And the next thing is acknowledging it, understanding it, and then writing with empathy. For sure. I think that's so well said, Lucy, because I think that a lot of people have huge opinions on things that they actually don't understand. Yeah. And, and even so us saying we. this, it's like, you know, I 
I have a degree in psychology, so I feel like I know a bit about mental health and things, but I've never experienced bipolar mm. disorder myself. I've never been around someone with bipolar in my, like, you know, closeness Close, circle. Yeah. So it's like even us talking about this is, you know, there's a huge degree of separation mm. from us to Kanye's experience. But this is why I've gone to this article because I think it's so important to get people who mm. actually have this firsthand experience with it to describe it to us. Um, so I, th- I think... Keanu Fitzgerald's title encapsulates her argument so well. So she's called the article, Bipolar Disorder is Complicated, So is How We Talk About Yay. Mm. And I think that just underpins this whole discussion. Mm -hmm. She starts off with this quote from a Forbes interview that Yay did in, I think it was 2019 or 2020. He said, crazy is a word that's not going to be used loosely in the future. Understand that this is actually a condition that people can end up in, be born into, driven into, and go in and out of. So I think... That's amazing that he said that because like 2020 and 2021 and 2022... Like, you don't use the word crazy as a derogatory you term. Don't like, use... we've been told multiple times, you know, like, in really nice ways, but, like, don't use that as just a random adjective you throw in I there. I know, and I still struggle to change my language. Vocabulary. My vocabulary, because it's so deeply ingrained yeah. to how I describe things that I really have to try and check myself. Same, and it's so interesting. Like, we, I mean, we actually know that Ye is so forward-thinking, mm-hmm. and, and he has a brilliant mind. He has a brilliant mind, and I think... You know, with bipolar disorder, you're not in manic states or depressive states all the time. You can go for years Mm -hmm. with being in a stable Mm -hmm. mood. And I think a lot of that time people are super perceptive because obviously they've got... They've been through all this shit. They've been through all of this shit and they've seen things that no one else has. So, yeah, that is so perceptive Mm -hmm. of him. Um, So the word bipolar is often always used out of context Mm -hmm. and really often in a harmful way. And I'm sure I've been guilty of doing this in the past you know describing something or someone as bipolar when um that it's absolutely not the case yeah again I feel like the world's moved on well luckily the world and the circles we're in definitely like I wouldn't have heard us or used that for years for years but like even people saying the weather's so bipolar today or like things like that things that we use it's concept creep isn't that what we talked about yes concept creep so Kiana actually says in her article that She's, and then I'm quoting, shared the glibbed attitude about bipolar disorder. For most of my life, I had, and as many others do, casually invoked the condition to belittle a person who is being rude or having an off day or to bash something that is malfunctioning or broken. After years of being uninformed, I would come to realize how wrong that characterization Mm -hmm. is. She says that she swings between admiration and disapproval kind of yay depending on what he's doing at the time Mm -hmm. um but at the current moment she feels compassionate towards his situation and has gone through as she's gone through the peaks and valleys that he is subject to um many people hold the opinion that kanye doesn't deserve compassion as he's allegedly refused to take medication to treat his conditions and although kiana has been taking medication for the past two years she says that she understands yay's stance which for anyone that has had mental health issues like taking medication is a huge decision oh my god yeah it's really complicated and it's not for everyone it's not for everyone or it can take years to find the correct dosage or the correct thing that you should be on like I think that statement about people choosing to like reserve their compassion Mm -hmm. I'm like because he's like oh he's not doing anything about it it's like 
Mm, have yeah. you ever been in that experience? Do you yeah, know? Yeah, I think how that's a really that like dangerous. I think like for murderers and for people on that level, totally do not feel compassion for them. But like choosing not to feel compassion for someone just because you don't agree with a decision they've made, maybe about medication or whatever, is like quite scary territory. Like you should always try and lead by understanding and or trying just to. No nuance to no. that sort of line of thinking. Yes, yeah, it's, t- it's too black and white for a concept that is s- so many elements. Wildly complicated. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So on this line, she says, prior to my fourth and most recent manic episode in October 2019, I selectively used medication. While I couldn't afford it in some instances, in others, I was willing to sacrifice my stability for the chance to feel the euphoric highs of mania. It can be more addictive than any drug. In fact, re-entering a manic episode or a depressive episode after a period of wellness is actually called a relapse. So when you're manic, you feel euphoric, euphoric, Mm -hmm. you feel totally like invincible. Like on top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can understand how people would chase that feeling. Oh, yeah. So I'm going back into the article. Mm -hmm. Yay's spiritual experience of bipolar disorder, saying he feels deified, which means like a god, is familiar to me as well. In my early stages of mania, I feel unstoppable, like the main character swept up by a universe and carried lovingly through each intense second of my life. During the heights of the state, I tend to become deeply invested in religion and spirituality. I feel like I'm on God's team, a chosen one sent here to save the world from itself. It's intoxicating. Which this, is just so similar to Ye. So similar to Ye. This is what we see throughout his documentary, especially his Sunday last episode. Session. Yeah. For sure. He, and even a little bit in his political run. Like you feel yeah. like a god. You feel like you're going to change things for people and yourself. And you want everyone to like see you as this person that you see yourself as. Totally. And you actually think like you're here to do a mission. You're here to save the world. You're serving God. Yeah. Like, you're serving yeah. the people. You're like yeah. in ways you're doing it through the good of your heart yeah. you think you you genuinely think that this is what you've been put here to do even if it's for that three month euphoric period for sure um and she also goes on to say that music can become a centerpiece of the experience when she's manic mm. she says i feel as though god is speaking to me directly through the bars of my favorite rappers the lyrics feel like directives leading me to my next cosmic adventure in a cover story for the fader in 2008 kanye asserts that he feels like a conduit for creativity sent from mm. above he says i'm like a vessel and god has chosen me to be the voice and the connector He said, I can't be responsible. I'm good, but not that good. So my job is just to be in the studio and do videos and I just stand here and let God do the rest. So he literally thinks, like, genuinely believes he is a prophet sent from above. Like, he can't think logically Mm. when he's in this state. And so when he takes to social media, obviously this is what we're getting, right? Yeah. Um, Which... Kiana also discusses his social media rampages, nodding to her own experiences with the internet and social media while she has been in a manic state. She said, I've gone through similar moments where I've hopped on the internet and railed against anyone and everyone who's ever wronged me and even people who haven't. I've also posted things that flat out didn't make sense. The difference between me and Ye is that I've been granted grace and understanding from the vast majority of people who have witnessed me in the throes of mania 
insomnia or depression. I also don't have the entire world looking at me, friends, family, and strangers in one of the most vulnerable positions that a human could ever be in, which is so poignant. And I think this is why me and you have any understanding of bipolar is because we've really only seen it play out on social media, whether it's yay in Mm -hmm. one of his like 2016 to 2022 rampages or if it's like social media sort of outbursts or whether it's someone in our real life that we've been like out of character Mm -hmm. and turns out they actually have been struggling with bipolar and like the only reason we know it is via social media which is why when it came to yay we always had a level of understanding but not to this point and like I just want to shout out whoever at Vox found Kiana and like commissioned this piece because uh-huh. uh, I'm like this is what every media company that has a platform that ha- that publishes long form pieces or whatever or is writing about Kanye should really be doing or at least maybe taking this yeah. and it's quoting a, it. It's amazing getting first hand experiences to describe something that's going on in the wider world I think is amazing because it personalizes it. And People, an experience so similar. So so similar and an experience that a lot of people, you know, like 1% of the population is diagnosed with bipolar mm. disorder. Um, and that's if you're lucky enough to get diagnosed. Like yeah, you have exactly. There's a lot of different forms of bipolar. So both Kiana and Ye have been diagnosed with bipolar 1, which is the sort of most intense form of mm. it. But another like 2 to 3% of adults have either bipolar 2 or um, something called cyclothemia, which is basically going through lesser versions of bipolar disorder Mm. um so it's really relevant there's a lot of people out there going through the same sort of thing so that must be so triggering to see yay in the public eye absolutely and the way that people are responding so she then ends her article with this paragraph my goal is to not be the person who defends yay at every turn i don't always agree with his actions so that role is something i can't commit to What I am here to do is make certain that nobody with this condition, including one of the most famous people on the planet, feels alone. I think that's great. And I think, like, you don't have to have, I mean, we know people are multifaceted, blah, 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 blah. You don't have to have one place that you sit. First of all, you don't actually really need to have a take at all, which is rich coming from us. But two, you don't have to have one, like, unmovable take on a whole situation because it's just so much more complicated than I think most of us can understand including me um and including Kim Kim will like bless her will definitely understand she'll have a she'll have a level and she should of what she can accept and can take on and can handle but she will also understand hopefully where this is all coming from and just pre-protecting her kids and stuff like I would say she would hold empathy because for most of the yay stuff, like, I can actually have empathy for a lot of it. Yeah, I think it's, like, not even excusing it, yeah. right? It's, like, yeah, it's, it's having it empathy. And it's being, like, who's controlling his social media? And Who that's is it. the team behind this? Who was the person that animated, animated the Pete Davidson easy music video? Like... There's a whole lot of people. It's Ye doesn't have the power to just do whatever the yeah. fuck he wants, and he shouldn't when he's yeah. Who's gonna take Kim's space in his life of keeping him loved and grounded? Now that yeah. it can't be her, for sure. Which is quite scary. And also, like the treatment plan for bipolar. Yes, you can get medicated, but also living a balanced life for any sort of mental illness or disorder or any mental well-being, you know, things like exercising, eating well, whatever. You can see in the documentary that he is living, like, 
on two times the pace of the most yeah. like 10 times the pace of your average person yeah. and so obviously it's going to come crashing down these sort of things really exacerbate mental health disorders also I feel like people are really good at being compassionate for a really short amount of time but we get sick of being compassionate when things are ongoing when things are chronic and like yay's presence in the media mm. Even Lucy and I, you know how we're like, oh, we're sick of talking about this. We're sick of talking about this. And like, yeah, we're allowed to be. We don't need to talk about this all the time. But it is like in your own life when people are going through things that last a really long time, I think as a society, we're not that good at handling it. At like continuing to. Yeah, like. Chicken, yeah. Because I think when, I think it's two different things. When we say we're sick of talking about this, it's because our job is researching it and like I'm genuinely like my voice is tired yeah talking about this but it doesn't mean I'm sick of caring about what underpins it this and is, that the, is thing. the thing this is exactly what I mean it's like don't no. stop caring mm-hmm. but you can stop having hot takes yeah like, it's at least about what you think it's about you actually acknowledging that this is with this person forever so if you have to check in you know, once a week to let them know that, yes, you're still thinking about it as well. You do that. Totally. Or it's like, you know, we are like, oh, yeah, you know, poor Kanye, he's got bipolar, he's really struggling. But then, like, a few months later, we're like, now we're actually sick of his shit now. Like, yeah. no, stop. It's like, yeah, I understand, but he's still going, he's through, still going through the same circumstances yeah. three months before. So, yeah. yeah. Such a good point. Yeah, I think it's so true. It's just like, with any invisible illness, mm-hmm. it's we're so quick to be like, yep, they had one big moment. We really cared then, and now we're just going on with our lives. For sure. Or now we're over it. Yeah, absolutely. Which really brings us back into the timeline. I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you. 